Welcome to the Taking the Lead podcast, where we empower people to be unstoppable. I'm Christina Hepner with my co-hosts, Leslie Hoskins and Timothy Cunio. We are in the full swing of 2023, which is nuts. I just feel like it was December yesterday. And it's really going fast. It's March. We're all getting older. <laughs> Wow, that took a quick, quick turn there. Wow. I just, you know, I'm getting older this year. <laughs> yes, Christina. But that's good news. <laughs> Christina also likes to remind me of how much older I am than her. Yeah. Hey, I, just to be clear, it's five years. It's not, um, it's not that much. My boyfriend is like your age. Well, oh, he, oh my God. He, <laughs> our age, age Christina. Oh <laughs> our age. He turns 36 tomorrow on the 31st. Oh my goodness. Happy birthday. No, I'm just kidding. Although I, I that could was beautiful, sing. Leslie. I could sing. I can't sing. I really can't. But either, I feel but. like all the pressure, you know, like this is the first birthday of his that we're celebrating together. What will you do? What is the plan? So Saturday, well, can't tell the plan for Friday oh. because... Obviously. He's going to hear this. Yeah. He listens. Um, But Saturday, uh, (laughs) we're getting like a bunch of people together and going to a brewery and um, just doing that. Like getting one of those Costco cakes. Those are delicious. I know. Oh, yeah. Getting a Costco cake at a brewery. Kind of just a, you know, made a huge reservation. So... Sounds I was like, like a heck of a time. Yeah. I was like, you have too many friends. Well, that's what happens when you get older, Christina. Right, Timothy? Yeah. We just keep getting more friends because yeah, right. we're so old. But you're so old because you contact so <laughs> many people. What are your 50s? You've, really you've interacted with so many people in all these old uh, years that we've got. Yeah. I was like, geez. I was like, that's a lot. Like, I just don't. Wouldn't want that many oh people. My gosh, I can't <laughs> handle you. You need more friends. Need I'm more. worried about her, Timothy. I have a, mm. plenty of friends. I just don't like to. I. <laughs> oh my god. I cannot <laughs> like manage so many people at once. You know what I'm saying? I get very overwhelmed. Like you would think I'm the opposite because I'm very extroverted. Mm-hmm. But like when it's a lot of people and like I am like handling it it's just a lot I think it's gonna be great because then you have to be on the whole time you have to be on the whole time you'll be great we can't wait to hear about Johnny's birthday happy birthday Johnny I won't sing to you that will be my gift to you (laughs) (laughs) because I won't do that to you uh, yeah. Timothy, do you have any birthdays coming up? Anybody you're celebrating? My bir- my birthday passed in January, so That's I'm right. I'm already yeah. BFC. I'm already old, so uh, nothing coming up. All my grandkids all passed, so we've re- we've already passed all mine. So yeah, uh, my family is April. April is a very busy, busy yeah. month of birthdays. My brother, uh, my sister in law, my other sister in law, my husband, his twin brother, obviously, um, their mom. Yeah. Who else? There's a bunch. Friends, lots of friends, everybody. But fun fact about my husband, who's a twin, identical twin, him and his brother do not have the same birthday. Oh, they were like midnight, 1 a.m. Yeah. So midnight, 1 a.m. Their mom's birthday. So my mother-in-law's birthday is April 21st. My husband, oh, I'm sorry, 22nd. My husband's is 23rd. And then his brother's is the 24th and also his brother's wife. Isn't oh, that man. funny? So he grew up not having to share his own birthday with his twin brother, but now he has to share with his wife. 
Oh, man. I find that so comical. Yeah. Like a fun fact. It's not my fun fact, but I yeah. share it often. Well, I feel like I've shared <laughs> this before, but me, my brother, and my sister are all born in July. Yes. So, you know, that's a busy month. And then my mom's like the beginning of August, so she might as well be July. But I love July. Like, I love that month. Summer birthdays are great. Your presents every six months. Yeah. Planned it out perfectly, Mom, Dad. Thanks. Same here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Anyways, we could probably talk about birthdays know, all day right? long. <laughs> It's too much. It's too much. Timothy, real quick, when's Cheryl's birthday, though? Hers is in January, two, three days after mine. Oh, so my gosh. Days start out the so, year with a bang. Yeah, well, yeah, bang, taxes, and everything. <laughs> taxes and everything else. All <laughs> the money goes out the door. Happy birthday, taxes. Things going in January. <laughs> you get it out of the way. I think that's great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, enough about birthdays. Today's guest is uh, very active in the blindness and low vision field and her experience at Leader Dog and her professional role. Yes, Melody Goodspeed joined American Foundation for the Blind in 2018, originally as manager of the executive office. In her current role as associate director of development, Melody is responsible for securing financial resources through strategic and effective donor relations, building and managing major gift level portfolios, and securing planned gifts. Melody, welcome to the podcast. We're excited that you're here today. Since we're talking about birthdays, when is your birthday and what caused your vision loss? Well, it is so good to be here with you guys. And I've enjoyed this birthday banter (laughs) so much. And I also, too, have most of my family that has birthdays in April. I sort of have told my uh, family that we need to start saving for April. It's kind of like Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but I am a Leo, so I am an August 20th. Okay. August is also a great month. Yes, it is. And I want to say I am more than happy to be a friend and attend Johnny's birthday party. (laughs) Yeah. No, Melody, she's got too many. There's too many. No, (laughs) you are welcome. (laughs) I said Johnny had too many friends. (laughs) <laughs> I can invite whoever I want. I was listening. <laughs> I am more than happy to support. That's too funny. Too yeah. funny. I love it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, you know, I, you guys, this is crazy, but this year for me is, is I wouldn't necessarily call it a birthday, um, but it is 20 years that I have been totally blind. And, you know, ta- thinking about that, it first comes, you know, it, it does, it pulls on my heart in a way that, that is so painful. But at the same time, I, I, I'm celebrating too. And I've met so many wonderful people. Um, and a lot of that has to do with, uh, with leader dogs for the blind, but we will, we'll get into that in a second. But, you know, I lost my eyesight very suddenly at age of 26. And um, it was due to a, a misdiagnosed blood clot and I woke up one morning with pinhole vision and we had to go to surgery and when I got out of surgery I was totally blinded it it didn't work but you know that was such a traumatic and and hard time and and really the recovery um, from my health as well was was really hard and so when I say that it's a it's a bittersweet kind of thing I think about you know how I was so scared you guys, mm-hmm. that first step out the door. I remember when I got, um, you know, we'll get into all this one specific thing, which I think is so important here is my, I remember my dad had to carry his 26 year old daughter to the car because mm-hmm. I was paralyzed with fear to even walk without being able to see. And, um, you know, fast forward to now I'm traveling all over the place and, 
And some days when I'm on my hard days, I think about that day, you know, and I think, oh my gosh, how far I've come. And, and it gives me the strength to kind of pump that forward. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's a word for Daisy, my current guide dog, to her and I to get out and let others know that you just need to take that first step. Like that first step is all you need to do to get on the path of your, your unique selves. Yeah, that's a lot, Melody. Wow, to be carried out. So how did you find that courage? Like, where did that come from? What was your first step? What was the first thing that you did kind of on your rehab journey? So that's a good question. So the first thing that I did was, you know, I sat in, in bed a lot. I was in a lot of pain. Um, mm-hmm. And I had horrific headaches that I was in and out of the emergency room. And, and you know, you look back on that now and you think pain is just such a horrible thing. I, I, I don't wish that on anyone. And I'm so grateful now that I don't have that. But I think health realizing that, you know, the minute that I was healthy enough to get up, it's hard to deal with a sight loss when you're still dealing with the trauma of what happened. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do both at the same time. So finally, when we got that, that part under control where I didn't have, you know, the, the excruciating pain and I could, I started thinking about all the things in life. And I was, you know, in my 20s at the time. And I thought, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do? I was a teacher prior to losing my eyesight. I was working on my master's in special education, tutoring and you know, you're right in that time of life where you're just really figuring yourself out. And, and, you know, my friends are going out and I'm an MRI machine and laying in bed and feeling quite depressed and sad. And I realized, you know, the only thing that we really have control over in our life is our attitude. And that's really what did it for me. And I thought, okay, I know this house. I'm in my parents' house. I sort of kind of grew up here. So I know where things are. Let me try. So I just literally got up, walked over to the bathroom, realized I'm putting my hands in front of me and just like feeling around. I mean, okay, I know this. I'm, I'm And just practice baby steps every single day. Um, that was the first thing for me. And, and, you know, I had to wait a minute, say a minute, let's say a very long time yeah. um, to get a cane, right? So that I, I, to learn how to use that, which, you know, then that's a whole other, I will be completely honest with everyone and say that, that I fought that tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, the preconceived notions that come along with being blind. Um, I had those for myself because I blindness was not in my wheelhouse, but that was my first step was just really and having my, my family as support. I think support is huge in any trauma or any type of life change that we have. Right. I mean, it's not just celebrating our birthdays, but we're celebrating those birthdays because we're celebrating the people that we love. So mm-hmm. I think that support is yeah. so critical. Melody, and I love that you said baby steps because I think sometimes people are like, well, if I don't do it all right now, I'm never going to get there. I think the baby steps is such an important thing, trying to do like one, thing one little thing oh, yeah. at a time and not. You have to commit to and that. So yeah. And Melody, when did when did you find, I guess, Leader Dog throughout this journey when you were taking these steps? Oh, okay. So this is a great story. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to my doctor, my general practitioner, and I'm hopping up on the scene. He's just Dr. Ned, such a great guy. He's retired in Florida now, but he I'm sitting there on I'm sitting there and he's like, Melody. I see a lot of fire and spark in you. And I go, okay. <laughs> he says, so I've got this patient and he owns like this giant tech company. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know, where's he going with this? Right. Yeah. And I'm like, 
you're done. <laughs> get in, I'm gonna get out of here. I'm so tired of doctors. And then he goes, and then his wife, his wife owns like this guide dog school and she works with these dogs and he's got a dog and I really want to share your phone number with them. And I'm like, okay, well, if he's got a dog, that means he, or I am deferring this. I'm like, okay, well, you know, I don't really know many people that are blind, so maybe I should check this out. And so I was like, sure, fine, share my phone number, whatever. You know, I'm still kind of depressed and angry. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, I don't want to be seen in public with a dog at a restaurant. Like, that doesn't seem right. You know, it's all these things. Like, you know, I'm still having my battles. Like, you have to take, like, yeah, and those baby steps are so important. Um, it was a fight to get there. It wasn't like, oh, yay, boob, I'm going to have a lassie and I'll yeah. be all good. It, it was a lot of having to, to process that to really kind of, okay. And, and, you know, so, so then he says, so then I'm, I mean, it's like eight o'clock in the morning, my phone rings and I go, okay, like that. Yeah. So, and it, and it was my friend and who's someone who has become so near and dear to my life and really helped me so much, but his name is Bill and he does not own a big giant head company. He did, weren't at a, you know, a, a big giant government subcontractor <laughs> and his lovely wife was a trainer at leader dog <laughs> and um so that's how i got to meet them and lo and behold they only lived like you know 10 to 15 minutes from me so i got to become really dear friends with bill and colleen and bill became such a mentor to me um and, and colleen really talked to me through the process of of getting a dog and i thought about it and thought about it and, and then when i finally got to meet them in person and, and kind of see you know how all of this works it just motivated me and I thought you know I'm going to give this a shot this is this this seems good and what I loved about it too was I'm a very outgoing person much like you I'm an extrovert and Mm -hmm. I like no one says oh my gosh where did you get that cane it's so cool and trust me when I say I love my cane I do I I can't move without the thing mobility is so important um but I I I noticed that you know there was a level of of like the dog bringing like your world uh, giving you something back mm-hmm. like when I looked at uh getting my first guide dog so I did I I applied and I thought I'll, I'll give this a shot and when I got the call that I you know in 2005 that you know I was you know I found a dog for me and they've a match and I was like wow okay and when I took that next my next step my next baby step to get on a flight because I had not flown since you know well, I mean, by myself. I had yeah. to, um, other people, but not by myself. Yeah. It was a huge baby step. Yeah. And then, you know, one. when I got to, yes. And then, you know, you're taking that time to, to go train it. And it was just, it was really one of the first times that my baby step led to empowerment. That's awesome. I think that's a really good point too, is, you know, that step definitely can't be referred to as a baby step, right? Like the courage and the amount of faith and uh, just dedication and strive and want to get on that plane by yourself and go to someplace you've never been before where you don't know anybody takes a huge amount of confidence. It takes a huge amount of, you know, strength and courage to do that. And that is one thing we are so thankful that our clients repeatedly do Mm -hmm. um, to come receive these services. So you took that giant step, right? You got here. And so now you've had a couple of leader dogs. Tell us about like, what is the difference between kind of the first and is this your second dog that you've got? Yes. Okay. So what were some of the biggest differences when coming to campus for those two? Oh my gosh. Well, before I say that, I'm going to add to that, but 
the reason why I was able to have that trust and I mean, and confidence is because you guys gave me so much trust. I got to say the staff at Leader Dog, like from beginning to end, just even through that application process, it's just so welcoming. And you need that when you're going through something hard, you know, who you are, like you need that support. So again, like we talked about earlier, like having my family support, but then opening your heart up to support from other resources is also incredibly important. So there was a, there was the trust that I had of knowing that I was going to get there and everything would be great. Um, as far as it being safe and, and, and having that confidence. So Carrie was my first trainer at, at Leader Dog when I came to get my first guide dog, Scarlet. Oh my gosh. She, I called her my little peanut because she was like so cute oh. and she would move her head along and could bounce it back and forth. And she actually like felt like, I don't even think Scarlet knew she was a dog. I really don't. Um, talk to her she'd shake her head back and forth with you like yeah I get it like I see I got you I hear what you're saying you know um but she just was so special and when she came bounding in my room full of and you know energy and puppy zoomies and I was like that's gonna guide me and Carrie's like yeah just give her a treat and call her name (laughs) (laughs) okay okay (laughs) but it was just it was just beautiful you know and and really you know, getting up in the morning and learning how to work with your dog and being with the other clients and the beautiful friendships that you build and, and, uh, and just having that harness in your hand for the first time and thinking like, this is a partnership. This is, this is a real partnership. And, um, it just having that partnership, it took two things away that I needed to see clearly. One, I didn't feel so alone. And two, I was focusing really hard on, you know, bonding with, with Scarlett, but then also really noticing that, oh my gosh, I just did, you know, building up to this, of course, I was like, I just did a three mile walk today. Like mm-hmm. I haven't done that in years. Yeah. And it just, all these things like started to open up and it was just like so incredibly fantastic. And then when I had to retire Scarlett, um, that was so hard. It was really hard. I just, she was, I mean, we, we did everything together. She, she pushed me like I really, she pushed me and I was able to get out of the house. When I finally got back from leader dog, I'm like, okay, you know, you work so hard when you're there and you're so well taken care of because you were working hard and you guys do the best of being supportive when you're trying to figure stuff out and your emotions are all over the place. And you're trying to figure this, this whole thing out is, hard work. I mean, it's, it's not easy, but it's totally worth it. I grew so much the time that I was there with her. And so when I got home, I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like, yeah, you need to get out. I really do. So I found a volunteer opportunity, which was a baby step for me too. And then really started to figure out how am I going to build my life and then started moving into my career and started traveling all over the world with, well, not the world, but the United States with Scarlet and when it came time to retire her, that transition is a, is a really is a really hard one. I remember when I came back to get Daisy, my current guide dog. I remember just crying, thinking, "Oh my gosh, I'm cheating on Scarlett. This is terrible," you know. Yeah. Um, but the support that you get at Leader Dog and understanding that transition, Daisy and I have moved forward. Like she's been another step up for me, mm-hmm. and I uh, 
And, you know, as, as I, as, as we are rounding retirement now, and I, I know that, that my third leader dog will just be another step up. And that's what I love about it is, you know, you, you learn, you know that your heart is big enough to hold it all. And, you know, we, we troop forward and it's, it's a, it's a beautiful place to be. It's a, it makes life more exciting and, and fulfilling. Yeah. And I think like your whole mantra there is like taking steps, right? Like I love that whole idea yeah. and concept. I feel like that needs to be a book title. Timothy, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Melody, do you mind talking about your career and how, how you got involved with the, the AFB? Sure. I would love to. So I actually, um, when I first got back into work, I was working in government contracting and I, you know, I did that for 10 years. And um, behind the scenes, though, I was really got involved with my Lions Club because, you know, Lions Club are such huge supporters. And once I found out that they are like, the, you know, the pillar of, of leader dogs, like I was like, okay, I've got to, I got to give back somehow. So I became um, the leader dog chair for District 24A. And I, I loved going around and talking about like my experience and my guide dog and my journey and about leader dogs. And what I didn't realize I was doing is I was falling in love with philanthropy because, you know, we're, you go and I speak and then these clubs are, are giving to the cause and it was so great. And then I also started doing some other volunteer fundraising where I just started doing an event called Dance Recite for another nonprofit that really sparked my interest. And what I found is that advocacy is at the heart of me and helping people take their first steps no matter what it is, any type of pain that you may you take on or trauma or even, you know, uncertainty about changing careers. I mean, we're all, I, I want to lead by example, right? So that was my um, biggest thing. But while I was doing that, I realized I really, someone pointed out, said, you should get into development. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. So then when I got to a, the American Foundation for the Blind and was at the executive office, I got you know, a really big meta view of like what the whole organization was about. And when we decided to you know, kind of bolster our um, resource and development department, I said, you know, I really want to try this. And I did. And now I've been doing it um, for over three years um, as, a, as my career here. And I absolutely love it because I get to go out and build these great relationships with people and have them understand what, you know, people like me that are blind and different, there's low vision and there's blindness, Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, we're all people. And we as people all have unique gifts. And I think going back to taking those first steps, it's, it's so important for us to understand as blind or low vision individuals that we do have a lot to offer the world. Absolutely. also that we need to be out there doing that and to be seen and, and heard. And, and I love seeing the community really doing that. And that's one thing that I absolutely love is that, you know, systems change only comes mm-hmm. by moving in those directions. By We think sometimes that we are just one person, but that's not true. I think that we, you know, we, the many things that we do in our lives really come down to opening people's minds to what it is we're able to do and vice versa. I think by doing that, we're let, we're showing other people that there's other ways that they could be doing life, which just makes for a more inclusive world. Absolutely. And also makes, it sparks such creativity. 
Absolutely. I think that's wonderful. I love all of that. Would you mind telling us, Melody, just a little bit more about the American Foundation for the Blind? Because it's such a wonderful organization and just an incredible resource that we often refer to. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so glad to hear that. It's so exciting. <laughs> so, <laughs> So the American Foundation for the Blind, our mission is to create a life with no limits for people that are blind or vision, low vision. And what we do with that is we're a system change organization. And what that means is, is we want to make sure that we are working with our stakeholders, our partners, our major donors, who we just love so much, and all of our supporters. Everybody is such a supporter in moving the needle to change. And we do that through evidence-based research that's in-house at AFB, which is so incredible. So what we do is we really look at different things, barriers to digital access. This is a big thing that we're looking at right now. And with our upcoming leadership conference, which is in April, we are really empowering inclusion, Mm -hmm. uh, digital inclusion. So what we really are looking at is is doing that. And also one of the things we do is we we look at um, technology and test technology and being able to give a report that only not blind people um, or people that are low vision can use, but we want to make sure that the tech and is, I'm sorry, the technology is barrier free and it's also able to use for any person that uses any type of assistive adaptive technology, which I think is wonderful. And we also have really started some two really great programs, which is our talent lab program, which speaks to this and we're actually putting people that are blind or vision impaired into paying internship positions and how they're learning about digital inclusion and accessibility. The other thing that we're doing which is so incredibly great is our blind leaders program which I love so much because you think about hey I've got this job but how do I get upward mobility Mm -hmm. and we've been able to see so much success in that too. We're using a year-long program it's a mentor fellow relationship and we get to teach and learn about different types of leadership skills, which I got to tell you, I was a mentor in the first cohort. We're now about to kick off our fourth. And what's so great about that is the relationships I've seen built, you know, the barriers to networking, like how do you network when you can't see like valid Mm -hmm. question, right? So giving tools and we've seen so much career growth. We've actually had two individuals go into CEO positions. And we've seen other individuals really get more involved in their community and branch out. And that's the system change that we really foster. That's what we want to see. We're so sometimes focused on employment and everything, but at the end of the day, we're all people, right? We love entertainment. We want to be known in our community. And just seeing this activity has just been so incredibly wonderful. Absolutely. Gosh, I love all of that. I feel like we could do like a whole episode, honestly, and just all of the work that the American Foundation uh, for the Blind is doing because yeah. there's a, just an incredible resource. And it's a really great starting point too for anybody who's recently lost vision or kind of starting to look out for wh- what resources yes. even exist or where. Um, you guys just, yes. you have an incredible resource database. Yeah. Yes. I do. And I, yeah. I had never... I'm so glad you brought that up because we do have an incredible resource. You know, one of the things when I lost my eyesight and the doctor said, this is going to be okay. And I just looked at him and said, how is this going to be okay? Do you have anything on this? No. Okay. You don't have anything in the doctor's office and you're an eye doctor, right? Um, so I think for me, what really helped was to be able to go to those resources. And when I first lost my eyesight, AFB was the first place I went to oh my gosh. to go get help. And I was able to be connected to people that were successful blind individuals. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy to me that I'm working at the place that led me to my first ray of hope. 
That is amazing to hear. And I personally did not know of any of these organizations or anything before I came to Leader Dog. So it's so great that we're able to have this platform to share these different things. And we're coming at the end of our time. I wish we had so much more time. But Melanie, I just want to ask one last thing. You know, is there any like advice that you would give to someone who is, you know, in that midst of just experiencing their vision loss and not knowing where to go? Sure. Well, I would, I would definitely, first of all, you're not alone. There are so many resources out there and I'm and being kind to yourself and giving yourself space because it is a process. And, you know, I, we all still have our days. You just, just don't stay in that. But I would, I would recommend visiting, you know, the American foundation for the blind. Um, it's a as an apple F as in Frank B as in boy.org. And there are resources there that'll help you that are in your state or your community that you can reach out to. You can also reach out to us um, and we can help you find, you know, the tools and, and people to connect you with as well. And just to also, you know, have your families and the people that love you go on that journey with you so they can best support you. I think that is so critical because you are not alone. You feel isolated, but you're not. And that's, that's what I would definitely say too, is that, you know, we can, we all feel isolated sometimes in life, but when you're going through blindness, you can really feel it. And it's, you're not isolated. You have support. It's out there. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Melody, for joining us today. I feel like we could go another full half hour because there are so many things I want to discuss with you. Um, But we really appreciate you taking the time and sharing your story and your experiences and, and your incredible organization. Thank you. And thank you guys for having me. This has been great. And thank you so much for listening to the Taking the Lead podcast. I'm Leslie Hoskins with host Timothy Cunha and Christina Hepner. We hope you enjoyed learning about Melody and all of the incredible work she is doing. Please join us next week as we continue to dive in the world of blindness. Yes, and if you'd like to learn more about applying for our free services at Leader Dog, you can head to leaderdog.org or call us at 888-777-5332. And don't forget, you can reach us at takingthelead@leaderdog.org with any questions or ideas. If you like today's podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and check us out wherever podcasts stream. This season of the Taking the Lead podcast is brought to you by a longtime supporter of Leader Dog the Mary P. Dolciani Halloran Foundation. As you may know, generous donors like this one make it possible to achieve our mission. The Mary P. Dolciani Halloran Foundation supports the study of mathematics and mathematics education. For more information about our generous sponsor, visit their website at www.dolcianihalloranfoundation.org.